Shalom Aleichem. Welcome to the Shmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Marissa Scheinfeld. Marissa was born in Brooklyn, New York, and raised in the Catskills. She received her BA from the State University at Albany and her MFA from San Diego State University. Her work is motivated by an interest in the landscape and its embedded histories, both apparent and hidden. Welcome, Marissa. Thank you for having me. It's great to be back. It's great to reconnect. It seems like uh, quite a while since we were here together at the center when we opened your photography exhibit, Echoes from the Borscht Belt, and again, when you presented a talk. So it's lovely to have a chance to catch up. Yeah, I love reconnecting. It's always been um, a pleasure of mine to have had my work shown at the Yiddish Book Center, and it was just a wonderful experience. So I really wanted to reconnect and and let you know what I'm working on now. So looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, um, thank you for for being in touch. Uh, I sometimes I I check on what's up with you uh, sometimes on social media, but um, this Borscht Belt Historic Marker Trail project is really interesting to me, and I'm very curious to hear about it. Before we get into that, I thought maybe for our listeners. You could talk a little bit about maybe sort of the backstory to your growing up in the Catskills. And, you know, again, I wonder if you ever imagined that your work would become so connected to place and chronicling Jewish history in the area. Yeah, you know, when I think back to the earliest work that I've made and I look, my parents have a lot of boxes of my original prints and even slides that I shot in high school and early in college, what I see are um, places. I I see random hotels in Albany where I went to school and um, old buildings in New York City uh, where I also spent some time. And when I trace that, it is a similar story and a similar narrative and subject matter that I've always been interested in. It just took a lot of time to figure out, well, what are the places that I want to photograph and why? And I think with regard to the Catskills and the Borscht Belt, it is so embedded in my personal history that when I started my book, The Borscht Belt in 2012, it really was out of a place of looking to reconnect with where I grew up, knowing about the history and seeing the fading structures that once comprised that history, the hotels and bungalows that were in the Catskill region. And that really is what set the groundwork for, I guess, the idea of place, the idea of using art for cultural preservation and the basic, but also very deep topic that I'm interested in what once was. You know, you did a program um, around Echoes of the Borscht Belt here at the center. And it was so interesting, fascinating, and, you know, sort of so much who you are, if I may, that you really went back and dug deep into what brought people to the Catskills and the evolution, and then unfortunately the de evolution of culture. And, you know, there's some nostalgia for people, but I think what you do is you managed to tell a history um, without just, you know, relying on nostalgia for it, which is interesting to figure out how you made this springboard to this project. 
Sure. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. You know, I, I don't have a problem with nostalgia. I think it's important. I think topics and ideas and places that pull on the heartstrings and pull on our, on our emotional cords are very important because it's often what roots us. It's often where we find our, our best memories and our best um, moments. But I knew going into doing my work on the Borscht Belt, you know, I was born in 1980. So I only saw the hotels as a seven or eight year old in their late decline and worked at one of them, the Concord as a teenager. So going into the project and knowing that I was photographing these places in a very contemporary moment, I knew I had to do my homework, that I was up against a huge history that I would be presenting this history to people of all different ages who knew it. And I needed to know it as well as they did, if not better. So that process really began with a lot of research, looking at a lot of archives and books and tracing the Borscht Belt before it even became, before it even was. So I started looking at that region um, in the 16 and 1700s with the Native Americans and then the influx of Europeans that came in to build one of the first industries, which was the lumber industry and then the tanning industry. And through that rise of, and fall of different industries, eventually um, became the Borscht Belt. And um, I, you know, I know you know, and I'm sure many of your listeners know that really the Borscht Belt was born because of the anti-Semitic climate of America during the 1920s, when Jews were banned from hotels, social employment, vacation access, and clubs. And I think, you know, I never knew that as a child. So learning about that and learning what grew out of this horrific hatred for Jews, um, as well as many other groups in America who have um, you know, been persecuted and shut out and closed doors in their faces. Learning about that became the springboard for really seeing um, the Borscht Belt evolve and then, um, you know, of course, unfortunately, decline. What were the challenges, you know, of telling the story or, you know, kind of curating the stops on the tour, as it were? Um, the stops on the marker project. Well, the, the marker. The yeah. Yeah. The markers. Yeah. Sure. So um, if I want to get into the marker project, basically, um, a couple of years ago, I was approached by the Jewish American Society for Historic Preservation and their president, Jerry Klinger, works to put historical markers all over the United States and some in Israel in places of Jewish American significance. He's based in Florida and he often looks to people regionally, finds someone on the ground and gives them really the go ahead to create markers. Well, Jerry wanted to do a whole system in the Borscht Belt, and I think it was about 2018 when we first connected. At the time, I was pregnant, and then the pandemic happened, and the idea was something that was very important to me. I thought it was going to be a great crossover uh, from my own personal work, but more importantly, there is not one, well, now there is one, as of May, we just put our first marker in the ground. But up until last month, there was not one historical marker to commemorate the Borscht Belt era in all of the Catskills. So Jerry presented the funding of this immense marker trail. And we took a few months 
to um, starting last summer. So really hammer out the ideas of what it could be. Um, obviously interpreting and designating places important to its history, but where can these markers go and what will they look like? And how can they not only appeal to the crowds and the generation that went to the Borscht Belt, but really also future generations that know nothing about it. So I guess what we're doing is we've really decided to pick the towns and villages where bungalow colonies and hotels once existed. And we're putting the markers intentionally in public spaces that are already existing. This way we're not leading people to abandon locations which are very dangerous and have a factor of um, you know, issues that could arise. Um, so what we're doing in bringing people to the towns and villages is they interact with the markers which are dual-sided. They have photographs, they have QR codes on them. They are vibrant blue and tan. So they're visually very appealing and they're, they're pretty big. They're 30 by 42, so they stick out. Mm -hmm. And the goal is that we utilize existing public spaces, parks and locations where people can easily maneuver. And the project then attracts foot traffic from locals and visitors. And it also helps with the renaissance that's going on in the Catskills now, where people can then patronize local restaurants and businesses before moving on to something else. So the whole marker trail is set to be 20 historic markers that traverse Sullivan and Ulster counties. In some cases, we are putting them on historic spaces, like, for example, Resorts World, Catskills, will be dedicated this fall. And that is on the site of the former Concord Hotel, as well as one very um, illustrated bungalow colony called Breezy Corners. So that's a special one because you're actually going to be standing on the grounds of those two places. But the rest of them are really intended to be in existing spaces because I think, unfortunately, I don't know, I'm, I'm the type of person that reads a historic marker. I think a lot of people pass by them. One of the reasons why I think they're passed by is because they're often put on the side of a road where it's difficult to pull off and really um, not so engaging to spend time at that space. So in putting them in parks and places that already have foot traffic, we hope that we will generate interest in people finding about the past while they're you know, engaging in everything that's going on in the present. And it sounds like it'll be very fun to sort of follow the trail, as it were. Um, there was one that in one of our email communications you mentioned, and I wondered if you could expand on a little bit, which is the Woodbridge marker and its connection to Grunefelder. Yes. So the Woodbridge marker, Woodbridge, New York, is a, is a small little town that my whole growing up, it was a ghost town. Now in the summer, it is like heavily frequented with um, many Orthodox, lots of restaurants, uh, tons of places to go. But it has one of the most interesting histories out of all the Borscht Belt towns. Um, I guess to back it up, it was a stop on the railroad. So that was a big moment there for the town. But the town also had insurance and food cooperatives. So if we go back to that anti-Semitism that we talked about that was plaguing the, the country, when Jews were coming up to the Catskills and trying to establish 
hotels, small boarding houses, they needed insurance. And many insurance companies even said, we're not going to give you insurance, you're Jewish. So they started these insurance cooperatives, as well as food cooperatives to sustain, um, you know, nourishment, uh, harsh winters up there, the farming isn't that great. So between these two food cooperatives that really put Woodridge on the map, it was also a very progressive town. There were people from all walks of life, all religions, and it was a very welcoming town. Um, there were some people very um, instrumental in um, the gay liberation movement of the 60s that grew up in Woods, uh, Woodridge. And in particular, you mentioned Grinnefelder, which was a literary an arts bungalow colony by invitation only for Yiddish creatives. And um, it's it, it was very interesting to hear about, you know, the uniqueness and how niche that was. There was also another hotel in Woodridge that catered just to vegetarians, which was started in the 20s. You know, we think of vegetarianism as something that happened later, that movement. But how progressive both of these places, these respites for people that are naturalists and people that are looking for more holistic, healthy ways of living. And then people um, in the Yiddish community who were poets and playwrights and, um, you know, looking to vacation, but really to have this almost commune that was this artistic circle that they could come together and um, really just kind of talk but also um, experience the typical Catskill summer. It um, also would be remiss if I let you go without asking you about yet another one of your projects or something that in, was inspired by your work, um, which is so expansive, Marissa. Um, and that is uh, at Yidstock 2023, which is coming up July 13th through 16th. Um, composer and clarinetist Sam Sadursky is going to present the Solomon Diaries. And this is um, music inspired by your project, the Borscht Belt, Revisiting the Remains of America's Jewish Vacation Land. I wonder if you can tell me a little bit about um, that collaboration. Yeah, you know, it, it blows me away that he says that. Um, and I'm honored. He reached out to me at some point, said he was working on these albums. We met and um, I was like, wow, that's unbelievable that my photographs have been this trigger for you to create. And, you know, I think he has, his grandparents have a history up there. And um, even though I do think he's from the West coast, if I'm not wrong, but um, Sam and I really, you know, um, we didn't necessarily collaborate. I think he found my book, uh, looked through it, contemplated it. And I think the images, their colors, their textures, the fading infrastructures, I think they informed the unbelievable, evocative, um, multi-album project that he created. And, you know, the music is so beautiful because it draws on so many different genres and some of the songs absolutely give me chills. Um, and um, I'm super thrilled to hear he's coming up to Yidstock. We've been talking about doing something for a while, a collaboration in terms of he'll play and I'll screen my photos. Um, but it wasn't necessarily that we worked together. I think that, you know, just the book informed him. 
Um, well, very it's it's a very cool thing to think that that sort of crosses genres um, in terms of how one thing informs the other. Um, Marissa, where can people learn more about the project? Sure. So the Historical Marker Project has a website. It's borschbelthistoricalmarkerproject.org. But a little catchier and a little easier to remember is maythebuschtbewithyou.org. <laughs> <laughs> we just dedicated our first historic marker in the town of Monticello in May. On August 13th, we're going to have our second historic marker dedication in addition to an exhibit in the town of Mountaindale. And the following weekend, August 20th, we're going to have our Swan Lake marker dedication, which is going to be accompanied by a Lakeside Klezmer concert. And we have more plans throughout the fall into 2024 until we finish this marker trail, which at the end of it, when we when we have all 20, we also anticipate having a self-guided audio driving tour. This is going to have... Um, some very famous names, some very well-known names, as well as academics and historians that can speak to the region. And you'll be able to essentially, you know, do this driving tour on multiple different routes where you can spend a day or so really exploring the landscape that once was the Borschbelt while being in the comfort of your own space and uh, learning about all the different towns and their unique histories. Oh, that sounds like totally cool. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, it made sense. It's, it, it totally, it totally it made sense. You know, it's like, so it's like, we want to be more than markers and we are more than markers. Uh -huh. You know, we're doing programs with all of our dedications. They're free to the public and the programs are an extension where people can come and learn more. So whether it's an exhibit a concert. We hope to do comedy shows. I'm hoping to do author and film screenings and really make it a multifaceted project that, that is bigger than markers and has a bigger long-term vision. But the audio driving tours, it makes sense. You know, growing up in the Catskills, what did we do? How did I, how do I make my work? I drive, uh, I drive around and I look at the landscape. So I think it's just completely natural and makes uh, more sense than anything to link these markers via a digital map as well as a physical map where people can just you know enjoy that landscape and and learn more about it um so to borrow from um jerry seinfeld the next visit you and i have on the schmooze we'll be driving driving in our car in the borscht belt um oh, it, it, would be, it would be a dream to get him up there to do one of those um but yeah exactly driving and driving in cars was, with comics. yeah, yeah. Um, marissa it's always great to visit with you keep up your amazing work it's just so much fun uh so interesting and really important to see where you're taking all of this um and again for our listeners um the borscht belt revisiting the remains of america's jewish vacation land book beautiful book available at shop.yiddishbookcenter.org it's just it buy it um and also the performance of uh sam sadursky you can learn more about that at yiddishbookcenter.org slash yidstock um thanks marissa we look forward to welcoming you back at some point in the future and i will um definitely plan a trip to take uh take the tour Awesome. Would love to have you there. You have been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. 
To learn more about this podcast and to subscribe, visit YiddishBookCenter.org. I'm Elizabeth Carteropoli. Until next time, be well and be healthy.